Man, I'm having so much fun. This is a $1.6 trillion industry. I'm talking about the food and beverage space. If you're not having fun, you're in the wrong place. Yes, it's hard work, but my gosh, the companies, the brands, the flavors, the experiences, the missions, it's fantastic. But some of the brands are different, better, and special. They're the ones who are able to really compete and vie for customer loyalty. Look, I know you want to make your brand different, better, and special. I know you yourself want to be different, better, and special. That's my mission. That's why you're here. Join me on this journey as I interview CEOs and founders from all the different companies within the food and beverage industry so we can discover what they're doing, so we can take that information back, digest it, and become better ourselves and to help our companies take on different strategies, pick the right technology, pick the right partners. And of course, you got to have great tasting food. You got to have great tasting beverages, packaged goods. If it doesn't taste good, you're lost. I'm sorry. You're going to lose millions. If you're new here, take the five episode challenge. Go back, pick out some brands and CEOs, some topics. If you love the content, subscribe. You're going to find it on every podcast platform once or twice a week. But I also publish them on LinkedIn because that's where we kind of hang out. So when you see it on LinkedIn, stop by, make a comment, share it back into your food and beverage network. I would appreciate it. The brands would appreciate it. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being with me on this journey. Thanks for coming along on this mission for the past two years. If you are considering a strategic job change, message me. Let's have a confidential conversation. If your brand is growing and you need to attract experts, you also need to contact me because I have created a different, better, and special recruiting system. I promise you, no other search firm in America is doing that. Who am I? I'm Tony Moore. I'm an expert food and beverage headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and I'm here each and every week Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. I'm Tony Moore, your host. And I tell you what, I have really, really enjoyed on this journey with this podcast, meeting new companies and entrepreneurs and just all this this startup craze that we're really experiencing right now coming out of COVID is that we're, we're seeing a new phase of disruption coming. And people want to know, like, what's next? And this is what we're going to be looking at today. We have a really interesting corporate food tech company that I've been recently introduced to. It's a, it's a technology-enabled platform. And I have with me Jeff Grass. He's the uh, CEO and co-founder of Try Hungry. And I have John Ebner. He's the market leader for New York City, the world's largest city. We're going to see how these two gentlemen are disrupting a really interesting category that I honestly, I had not really thought about that much. Um, We're talking about a $100 billion office catering space that they have developed an uh, an app. I was reading, it's kind of clever. It's kind of like Tinder for chefs that they can kind of pick catering gigs that they want to be part of. And I guess swipe left, swipe right, you know, pick your favorite. And they're now in 11 cities. They've raised a lot of money. Their latest city they opened was uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And they've got notable investors such as Jay-Z, Kevin Hart, other NFL players. 
This is just a really, really exciting conversation we're going to have today. So I'm super excited to welcome in both of you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Jeff and John, how are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for having us, Tony. Doing well, yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. This is great. This is just kind of a fascinating uh, topic that here, here we are, we're kind of out of the pandemic now, and people are going back to the offices, people want to eat better. We got this huge trend, and lo and behold, Jeff, you had this idea with some other gentlemen, right? What's yep. the origin story here? How did you even create this? How did it come come to be? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Tony. Um, well, we, we started Hungry about five years ago, and it was really born out of an experience that my myself and my two co-founders had at our previous company. Um, our company was in a food desert and, uh, you know, not a lot of good options around and, um, and, and started kicking around this idea of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could tap into local cooks, local chefs um, to feed office workers? And uh, that really, you know, led to this idea of, uh, creating a platform that connects, you know, corporate America with some of the best, you know, local chefs and, and restaurants in the area. Um, uh, it was really also born out of, a, I think, an observation that, um, you know, like, as you mentioned, that the, the corporate um, catering food space has really grown exponentially. It's a gigantic industry, yet it's entirely, you know, served by by restaurants and traditional caterers, neither of whom were ever designed around providing food for an office. And so there's a lot of mismatch in capabilities versus needs, a lot of friction that's created. And, and it's just, uh, it's, it's ripe for, for change. I love, I love that you said it, you, you start, it kind of started out of a food desert. I think that's where our most ideas come from, don't they? It's, there's a personal need that you want to satisfy. And uh, Jeff, why, listen, I think I was going through your background and and I know we don't have time to go through all of that, but coming out of your uh, Harvard MBA, you've spent a good deal of your time in consulting and technology. So it really f- seems to me that you've, you were in the right place at the right time with your ability to create SaaS platforms. You understood the, the ability to connect companies and strategies. I imagine that must've played a, a big part in, in your desire to start something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was a Wharton MBA, but uh, versus did Harvard. I say, did but, I just uh, gab that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I can't even go. Uh, but but to your point, um, uh, yeah, this is the the fourth you know venture capital backed company I've, I've co-founded and led. Um, so Hungry has a lot of similarities in terms of being a platform, um, you know, kind of B to B to C, you know, yeah. tech enabled service. Um, so, so, you know, leveraging a lot of the learnings, um, you know, both about, you know, go to market, but also about team and culture and happy to chat about that if that's helpful. But, uh, but, but no, really excited about Hungry. It, it's been um, an incredible journey, um, growing like a rocket ship. Obviously, when the pandemic hit, you know, that was a, uh, you know, a challenging moment for everybody in the, in the corporate food space. But, um, you know, we, we've come out, you know, bigger and better and stronger than ever before and, and are really excited about where we are today. John, you must feel like you are literally in the catbird seat. You're in the world's largest city. Everyone thinks of great food and, and dining and beverage opportunities. So what just what is your strategy? How do you even go about being a, a market leader in such a large city? How do you go to market? What's your strategy? How do you kind of bring in these people to your to your platform? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks so much, Tony. Uh, this is a lot of fun. And, oh, it's uh, a ton of fun. I, I can't wait to hear how you guys work together to solve these problems. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, they make it really easy when, you, when you're working with a company that has the right products and the right team. Um, fortunately, I've been in this space for a little while now, and I've worked with uh, a couple other competitors. And with Hungry, during the pandemic, I was looking to get away from food, to be honest. Uh, you know, I love food. I have a four-year-old now, and he takes after me. Kid's a big fan of food. We just took him to the Poconos this weekend, and we said, what was your favorite part? And he said, the food. So <laughs> it's in the genes. <laughs> it's in his stomach. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then in regards to New York. So, you know, we've been here a while and, uh, you know, I brought over a bunch of my team from, from my previous company. Uh, and I just feel really blessed to be honest. You know, it's just a great team, great product, great culture. And the difference with hungry, you know, I've never worked with a company that connected with chefs as Jeff mentioned, it was always restaurants. It was always a marketplace for mom and pop shops, which, really, as Jeff mentioned, aren't really set up for this type of thing. So that's one value add. The other thing which I've never seen before until Hungry is their ability to handle the delivery from A to Z. So we have catering captains, as they're called here at Hungry. And ultimately, what we do is we have a chef prepare the food. One of our captains leaves our hub, goes over to the chef, is able to see the food, temp the food, see if there's anything missing, have a checklist, then put it in their vehicle in a hungry uniform, show up to the client, set up the food, even hang out if they need, and then clean up the food. I've never had access A to Z like that, and it just makes my job a whole lot easier. Well, I just, I just love the fact that you're solving a, you're solving multiple problems, right? When, you, when you're in business, you better be solving a problem. And the bigger the problem, the bigger the solution, and hopefully the bigger the market you have. It looks like a huge market. And I would think for a chef, what are they good at? It's not building an online application, right? Not going out and doing the business development and bringing all the customers in. So I think you've solved a really big problem right. for your professional chefs. Let them do what they do best. Yeah, it's really a great partnership, um, you know, for, for chefs where, you know, Hungary is, is very much a business in a box. You know, we like you said, we do all the sales, the marketing, the client um, support, the, the delivery, the logistics, the, the payment collections. Um, so it really allows chefs to focus on their passion, um, be able to, you know, cook great food. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, being a professional chef, you know, most most go down that path because, you know, it's their passion. It's what they love to do. But it's a, it's a challenging career path. You know, it's it's typically, you know, not highly paid. It's in, you know, the back of a restaurant, you know, working nights and weekends. And so what's really, I think, you know, exciting about Hungary is how it really helps empower, you know, chef entrepreneurship. Um, it provides, you know, much more income potential. Um, you know, it's much, much more lifestyle friendly and flexible so they can kind of choose when they want to work, when they don't want to work. Oh, that's interesting. So they can flex, right? So they can be working with you guys and still have another uh, gig. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes this is their side hustle to start. And then as the business rolls in, you know, it becomes their full time, you know, uh, profession. Um, uh, you know, we, we work really hard to bring the chef's story into the office as well to kind of make it more of a food experience for the for the guests that are eating the food. And so, you know, the guests love it because it's really cool to know that, 
you know, today we're having, you know, food prepared by, you know, Will Smith's former personal chef or, you know, the former executive chef of the Taj Mahal in India. Um, so you, you get, you know, more of a story around it. Um, but from a chef's perspective, they're building a brand, they're building a following, um, you know, clients that like them want to use them over and over again. So it's really a, a real positive marketplace model where, where both sides, you know, really are, are much, much better off. You know, what's really cool about the situation with handling delivery is, you know, not only do we work with chefs, we also work with, you know, in New York, if you, you know, I'm sure you've heard of Katz's Deli and, and places like that, you know, we have the opportunity to work with these big brands as well. So you can get something, you know, farm to table from a chef, a commercial kitchen. And then the next day you're getting something from, you know, a top local restaurant in the area. Um, but speaking to the commercial kitchens, as Jeff was speaking, you know, one of the cooler things for me in my job is we work with a lot of these commercial kitchens that rent out space to up and coming chefs. You know, I was just at a kitchen the other week and, you know, it was a husband and wife. One guy was from Italy off the boat and he's making us pasta fresh and, you know, he's trying to build a business. Now, part of my job and, and Jeff, thank you so much for, for paying for, for me to eat fresh <laughs> pasta. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> um, but it's really cool because you get to see them from the very beginning. And, you know, like their whole family's in there. I remember, you know, their kid was on site that day and you're just watching these people do what they love and, and building a business and, and you get to see the whole journey. That's like, I think one of the coolest parts for sure. Well, that's fascinating because we have obviously the big, uh, trend in virtual and ghost kitchens. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of like a reverse, right? Where the chef can come in and, and use someone else's commercial kitchen. Is that, am I on track with that? Yeah. Yeah. So the chefs um, many times are leveraging, you know, these, these incubator kitchens, these ghost kitchens. Um, when we started hungry, they were, they were kind of below the radar screen. You know, a lot of, you know, food truck operators will leverage them, you know, you know local purveyors of, of foodstuffs you might find in a Whole Foods or something, but um, they've definitely become, you know, much more in the news. Um, you know, a lot of investment in ghost kitchens has happened over the last few years, a lot on the B2C, you know, you know, food delivery side as well. But, uh, but yeah, the economics are just, you know, far better than sourcing food out of a retail establishment with, you know, high retail rents and lots of overhead. And so it, it makes the economics, you know, very favorable for the chefs and, and for our clients. I think entrepreneurs tune in because they want to learn, you know, how people start businesses up. What are the problems, the challenges? And I'm thinking, you know, Jeff, you've gone through so many of these. So can you walk us through a little bit just, you know, how did you spin this up from idea to revenue? And just maybe you can shed some some light on on this process. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we utilize a marketplace model. So as I mentioned, you have chefs and restaurants on one side, there's the supply side, and then corporate America, all these clients are on the demand side. So th those are always challenging models to get going, right? You've got to get both sides, you know, kind of working, and it's got to add value to both sides. Um you know, our, our model provides a lot of inherent advantages, you know, tremendous variety. You pick and choose across different chefs and restaurants every day. So you never get bored. Very high food quality. Um, we own, as, as John mentioned, the delivery process. So it's very reliable, provide VIP level service. So a lot of the, the, the core value drivers for our clients, you know, we sort of hit really well. The challenge is, is that we're partnering with chefs that cook out of different kitchens. You know, they have to be licensed commercial kitchens, but different, different, different kitchens, different restaurants all across a market. And so how do you coordinate that? How do you make that ultra reliable, very scalable, very cost efficient? 
And so, you know, when we first started, it was like some of the most complex Google spreadsheets in the world, you know, that we were using and lots of phone calls. Um, but we've, we've really invested, you know, literally millions, tens of millions of dollars in building an advanced te- uh, logistics platform, um, a very robust technology platform we call the Hungry Operating System that manages that, allows us to stay, you know, very much in sync with our chefs, with our clients, with our captains. Um, and so I'd say that was, was one of the bigger challenges is, you know, how do you cool idea, but how do you manage this in a, in a really effective way? And so um, the first couple of years was just heavy investment in tech to just, you know, be able to build this in a way that we could scale it. Well, you mentioned you making an investment in technology. I talked to a lot of food and beverage brands and the number one thing most of them want is investment. Mm-hmm. Can you yep. talk a little bit about how you went about this process? Obviously, you've got some big name people and uh, some slashy, you know, celebrity endorsements. But practically speaking, what's a good strategy for people who who need to go out and do some fundraising? And then secondly, once you have the money, you know, how do you go about spending it? You know, making those wise choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've always followed a philosophy of trying to be extremely capital efficient, Um you know, we want to build, you know, a, a good business. It's not about, you know, raising billions of dollars in capital to kind of, you know, try to create it. Um, when we start off, you know, it's very much, you know, leveraging friends and family, you know, kind of the small, what are typically called angel investors um, is, is how we started, um, you know, raised a, a couple rounds of angel money to um, or a couple tranches of angel money to just really, again, prove the concept, build it in D.C. Um, Washington, D.C. is where we founded the company. Um, and then then also expand to our first market to Philadelphia to prove we could go to a different market and, and run the business effectively. Um, from there, that, that really set us up. We saw, you know, very fast growth, really great economics. So a lot of what investors are looking for is, you know, a proof of concept, but also, you know, path you know, what's the revenue ramp? What are the margins? You know, what, what, what was the, you know, what are the economics of the business? Um, and then as we raised our A round, we were just really fortunate. We, we had um, two venture funds that actually were clients first, Sands Capital Ventures and Motley Fool Ventures here in the DC market had used us originally, um, you know, just for bringing food to the office. And then um, they co-led our A round and, uh, and Jay-Z and Beyonce's personal chef, Chef Brandon Crow, had been an advisor to ours um, since the early days. He's a brilliant chef, both with catering and restaurant experience. And, and we were lucky enough to have him um, you know, share what we were doing with, with, with Jay and the family. And, and he got really excited about what we're doing and, and, and jumped in and, and helped lead the, the A round for us as well. So that's how we, we got you know, some of the first celebrity you know, backers in the business as well. Yeah, I guess once you get that proof of concept down, then it is much easier. It's much like when you try to go to retail, you have to show those category buyers that it's something that people want. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, John, I'm I'm curious. You know, as you're building a market out, and I, I look at it again as New York City as is kind of the uh, the crown jewel. How do you guys work on adaptability, making changes on the fly? A uh, big uh, problem I hear with a lot of startups have is they they have to learn not to chase all the shiny objects. So ideas start coming in. You're getting ideas, John, you want to share them with Jeff. So I'm just kind of curious, how do you guys work together, stay on track and and kind of digest all the feedback you get from the field? First of all, you know, right from when I came in, it's a very flat organization. Um, You know, I have Jeff and and Shai and Amon's cell phone when I speak to them (laughs) regularly. You know, we we had something on tech this morning. You know, I'm I'm chatting with our tech founder later this morning. Um, So there's that. Um, 
Also, there's a lot of strategy kind of throughout the country. So there, there's heads of operations that, that manages the entire country. We have all these formulas in place where when we're launching a big client in New York, which is which, which we're doing right now, uh, you know, we kind of get on a, a group call with everyone from all different departments and, and you just feel the support. Uh, you know, we're not hanging out on an island, you know, and New York City is an island <laughs> uh, by ourselves. Um, you know, we definitely feel like we have the support of the team. And and I'm used to working with, you know, my last company, they were in Toronto. DC is a lot closer <laughs> than Toronto. Um, and speaking to the investment, which you, which you were just talking about, for me, when I when looking into Hungary, one of the things that I found impressive was not only did they raise money before the pandemic, as my previous company had, um, I was really shocked to see that they had raised money during the pandemic or, or, or close to post-pandemic. That's a good tell. But you're, you're in the right spot. Food. I mean, let's face it. Food, food service has definitely come back. And the way that they also survived, um, you know, what was amazing is Hungary, I believe, increased revenues over the pandemic. You know, they really pivoted. They, they started up triple. triple. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and they started up two new businesses kind of out of thin air, uh, you know, a last mile delivery business and a virtual experience business. And they're really well run businesses. So, you know, coming in, I said, you know, yes, I know food. I've been in this space a long time. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen with this pandemic? Maybe another strain comes. So, Seeing that they had two other lines of business that were running smoothly, you know, it just definitely made me feel a lot more comfortable coming in, for sure. Yeah, Tony, Jimmy, I can add also to your question. I think a lot of it is about just being very customer-led. So, um, like you said, every, you know, lots of ideas in a startup. There's a million things you can work on. I think the challenge is how do you how do you prioritize, right? And and so what. What do you do first? What's most important? And so we've always tried to um, build a culture around. I think we have a team that's really, really good at being hyper-focused on the client. You know, what's their needs? What are their challenges? How do we solve them? And so that's really how we've, you know, since day one, have been building, you know, a solution that's designed to, um, you know, make our clients' lives better and make our chefs' lives better. Um, uh, you know, we're a very purpose-driven company in, around that. And, and, and that tends to just be the guiding light that I think helps helps, you know, force those prioritizations and, uh, uh, and allows you to, you know, execute, you know, very, very quickly. Speaking about being client focused, you know, we're dealing with a big financial client, you know, out of the World Trade Center in New York right now. And I think one of the things that they really liked and the way that Hungry thinks, you know, we have a strategy, I think we call it the Iron Dome strategy or something to that effect. And ultimately, we have a plan B ready to go. So, for instance, it, you know, things happen. There's traffic, there's accidents, this and that. If for any reason a, a chef can't make it to a client on, on, on time, you know, we have a, a local chef in the area that's, say, five, ten minutes away that's ready on call at all times. You got to stand by. You got to yeah. back up. And they were really just, like, blown away by that. That's pretty clever. Yeah. It was, so that type of thing, you know, I just think the way that this company thinks – the fact that they're thinking about if this happens, what's plan B, what's plan C, uh, the operations is just, it's very impressive. It's very cool. Well, you talk about the um, the planning. I want to ask you, Jeff, it's interesting. You've made three acquisitions. Your most recent is NatureBox. And for those people who are maybe just learning about NatureBox, it's a, it's a healthy snack subscription. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a healthy kind of better for you snacks company. Um, there, it's it's uh, there's a, a B two C kind of angle that's subscription, but where we're really investing is in in more of the, the you know, direct to office and direct to employees at home, um, you know, type of of, of solution. I, I love yeah. that because let's face it, you're you're outside of lunch. What do you have? You have snacks, you know, and, and right. you don't want to right. ruin that great lunch by having a Coca Cola in the afternoon and a bag of M and M's. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, Mars. Um, in, in right. Uh, that's probably yeah. not what you want after a chef prepared meal. You probably want to have like, maybe a little sorbet or a little something better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And what we're, we're seeing too, again, just being, you know, in that theme of being very customer centric and customer led is, is that, you know, the return to office is, is challenging, right. For the people in charge, it's, you know, when's it going to happen? How many people, how do we get them back? Um, and so what we're seeing is, is, is companies are really looking for one partner to help them with all of their food needs. And so whether that's, you know, catering, we want to provide breakfast or lunch to encourage the team back. Um, we want to provide, you know, a range of snacks and drinks and solutions along those lines. Um, so that was really, you know, a big driver for us. And, and like you said, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a great lineup. NatureBox has, you know, 60 plus SKUs of really high quality, healthy snacks that follows a very specific food philosophy. Um, and then we'll, we'll supplement that, complement that with additional variety coming from, you know, great local, you know, snack makers and snack purveyors, you know, much like we partner with, with you know, lots of different chefs. I think it's I think it's amazing because you really are tapping into a marketplace and there's a whole marketplace of these companies and startups. I think there's a lot of ways you can go with that. That's why I was kind of curious, you know, what do you think the long-term vision is for this platform that you're building because obviously you can kind of keep leveraging more and more on it. So what do you think uh, the future might be for that platform? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful marketplace model. So, um, you know, snacks is a big focus of, of adding and integrating it into the overall offering right now. Um, you know, what we're also doing is is expanding ge- geographically. You mentioned you know our launch in Nashville. You'll see additional cities. You know, where, where we launch Hungary, um, really trying to build kind of a, a national footprint. So we have many clients that have offices in more than one market, and so you know, being able to serve them on on more of a regional or, or national level is something that uh, we think can really add you know a lot of additional value for them as well. We haven't even touched on this, and I think it's for really important for people to understand this relationship that you've created with uh, Feeding America. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And also maybe, John, maybe you could even touch on you know how that uh, resonates with the people that you work with in New York when they find out that you're partnering with a, you know, a national organization that is tied into all these food banks and you're, you're providing food. You're actually helping people who are truly hungry. We are, are since day one have been very you know purpose driven. Our, our core purpose, as I mentioned, is a, to improve the lives of everyone we touch, but with a special focus on the clients we serve, the chefs we partner with, and giving back in the communities where we operate. Uh, from a community perspective, there's two core pillars. One is around you know, environmental sustainability, and so we do lots to, to really um, you know try to have as little of an environmental you know, a footprint as we possibly can. Um, the second is around helping fight hunger. So with a name like Hungry, uh, uh, you know, how, how can you not, you know, dedicate yourself? And so um, 
we we do that through partnerships with um, you know local food banks, you know uh, like you know, comp- you know organizations like Arlington Food Assistance Center with Feeding America, like you mentioned. Sometimes we do things on our own. We we did a six thousand meal giveaway this time last year in the D.C. area just to help raise awareness around uh, food insecurity in our country and. You know, in a, in a in a city as wealthy as, as Washington D.C., you know, there's so many people that still are, you know, really, you know, food at risk, That's and indeed. and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the pandemic's only made that you know more challenging. So, um, so we really, you know, believe that you know it's part of you know, our responsibility as we build a, a big business is is to make sure that we're giving back. So, um, you know, providing a platform for chef entrepreneurship, giving back in the communities where we operate is is really core to who we are. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm happy to add to that. Um, I think it's definitely noticeable that it's within the DNA of the company. Um, you know, even when we have a tasting in New York and there's some leftover food, the first thought is, you know, there's a lot of homeless people in New York. Like, you know, maybe we can be of service and, and make somebody's day. And it's good quality food, you know. So it's kind of nice. Um and then the last the other thing that I think and, and Jeff, I think you forgot to mention in terms of who you touch, it's definitely the employees as well, right? Like we all feel it. Um, so I think like being around a mission driven company, you know, it it just comes through. And when we speak with clients, um, you know, like sometimes we don't even mention it and it'll just come up in their thing. And, and, and they they just kind of feel that we're, we're in it. You know, they say like, Hey, we have leftovers. What do we do? We mentioned our partnership with feeding America. Um, I think it's just, yeah. Uh, you know, today with mission driven, I, I feel like every company should be mission driven. Everyone should be giving back. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be part of a company that that's doing just, but you've got a good strategy though, where you didn't try to handle that on your own. That's not your core expertise. So you create your partnerships and you let them manage and run the program and you supply and help them. I think that's a, that's a smart way to go. We've had this conversation before, and I think that is the best way. So people out there who want to have a mission-based type company, it's important to have those key strategic relationships so you can focus on really what it is you're doing best. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, Jeff, I'm sure you've given a lot of advice over the years. You've probably received a lot of advice. What would you say is some of the, the best wisdom that you've gotten along the way as an entrepreneur? Uh, well, that's a, a big, broad question, Tony. I know what I like to You can go any way you want with it, and I'm off the hook now. I can just stand back and watch yeah. you squirm. Uh, I'll, I'll hit on three things. So one one that I mentioned, which is being just extremely customer-focused and centric. So um, – you know, everything you do should start and end with, you know, them in mind in terms of, you know, the, how you're, what are their problems? What are their needs? What are their unspoken needs? You know, how, how do you solve those? Um, the second is, is this being, you know, very much my, my, my fourth, you know, um, venture back company, I've really come to appreciate how important team and culture and environment is, you know, John just touched on that. A big, big focus is, is really around, um, uh, you know, how do we foster the right environment? How do we, you know, really create and, uh, uh, you know, build a, a culture and a team very intentionally? Um, we have nine core values that we very much live by. Um, we invest a great deal in, 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 in personal and professional development of our team, you know, with full-time, you know, sales trainers and hospitality trainers and things like that. Um, big focus on promoting from within. So a lot of our leadership started in very junior levels and, you know, you just find those, those rising stars and, help develop them quickly. Um, so I think that just helps, you know, you know, shape culture in, in many ways. 
Um, the last is is that we really you know focus on making decisions quickly. So um, it's not about you know sitting around in a conference room you know and, and debating over and over again you know which is the right path. It's about go do it. Let's learn from it. Um, you know, and, and, and be very um, objective about how we did. So we do lots of postmortems, you know, what could we do different? What could we do better? How do we improve? So a um, little bit of that, you know, kind of concept of continuous improvement, but but mixed with, you know, a bias towards action and hustle and, and, and making things happen quickly, you know, for our clients and, 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 and our team. John, before I get to you and your answer, I want to I want to unpack something you just said, Jeff. Um, by the way, I love the act, learn, adjust philosophy. That is, uh, that's one that I live by. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of suits my personality too. Um, but yep. I, I like that, but you said you, you're very brutally honest. You have that objective review system. Is that a, do you have a, a program that you subscribe, um, you've adopted? I know there's like the, uh, entrepreneurs operating system, the EOS model. Do, yep. Is there a, a philosophy that you've brought in to manage that particular feedback or is it just kind of an informal? We're just going to sit around and talk about it. What's is there? Yeah, more we haven't, we haven't instituted one of those, you know, more defined systems. I'd say, but it, it's very much, I think, part of our DNA. It's, it's uh, um, you know, it, it's very much ingrained into how we operate. So um, I, I can't say that you know, it, 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 it you know, we, we've pulled in sort of a, an yeah, outside okay. you know, operating system, but but it's it's very much become kind of part of who we are. So yeah. similar in, in many respects of some of those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you do it enough times, you kind of build a rhythm and a cadence around how you're going to dissect. You know, right. how did this new city launch go? Great example. How's Nashville doing? We need to talk through it all. All right, right, John, what do you think? What's been uh, some of the best advice that, that you have received? Sure, sure. Uh, first of all, I, I'm a big fan of EOS and traction and all that stuff, and I do see a lot of similarities. So maybe we're just getting it right and getting lucky. I guess best advice that I've gotten. Um, hmm, that's a tough one wow, as well. Look but at I, that. I finally stumped Mr. New York City. It took a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah, advice is uh, duck yeah. when someone's swinging at you. I saw you had a post on LinkedIn where you were in the boxing ring. Yes, so or a guy uh, you on know. the mat. Maybe your best advice is watch your chin. <laughs> it's it's interesting, you know. My best we advice got a puncher over come. here, Jeff. You better watch out. <laughs> He's your office, train. Uh, office linebacker, Terry Tatum. Yeah, keep your left up right actually my my boxing trainer i trained with 10 years or so um lived an amazing life actually uh passed recently this year and you know they had a wonderful memorial for him at at gleason's gym which is a famous gym in new york city um but yeah it's funny you say that my father was an entrepreneur and um my my boxing trainer give gave some incredible lessons and and you know what to honor him i will i will go with daryl pierre my boxing trainer he was like a Buddha, you know, little genius. He didn't even know it. You know, I one time went to him, I was having a hard time and I went to him to go train and I'm in the ring and uh, I'm throwing a combination and all of a sudden, you know, I, I go to change direction. He goes, John, John, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean, Daryl? He's like, you got to stop before you change direction. And all of a sudden, just something in my head in my, you know, where I was in my life, it was like, I hadn't stopped, right? So especially in New York City, it's go, 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 go. You know, build, 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 build. I think people forget the power of the pause. Sometimes doing nothing is very, very important, right? You know, we don't take enough breaks or vacation. Uh, 
you know, it's just constantly go. Even to just step back and take a minute and pause before making a decision, sleep on it, any of those things, I would say that's probably some of the most beneficial advice I've been given. Yeah, that is good advice. That is good advice. Well, I think we could go on and on. There's so much information here to unpack, but I think we're going to have to let people kind of come to us and ask, you know, what more do they want to learn? So let's start with um, Jeff. What's the best way for people to to find with you, connect with you? Uh, wh- where are you on the socials? Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you can obviously go to our websites at uh, tryhungry.com, T-R-Y hungry.com, uh, or now naturebox.com as well. Um, you can reach out to us directly at hello at, at tryhungry. You can find us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, uh, we've got a, a fairly healthy you know, social media following there. I bet. And um, <clears throat> I imagine it's kind of fun, too, when you get to connect in with these chefs. You know, that, that's kind of a new little thing, it's right? Awesome. You know, you can start following them on Instagram, right? You know, hey, I've tried your food. And that's like a totally unique experience that most people, I don't know. Every chef has the coolest backstory. You know, if you ask them, you know, how did you become a chef? Like just hearing it, it always comes out with such passion and and uh, uh, and honesty. It's just, it, it is really, it's a privilege to be able to work with such talented people and and to provide them, a, you know, a platform to, to be successful and build a business. A marketplace, a Tinder marketplace yeah, no, for sure. No chefs. one's used the, combina- um, <laughs> the, the, the the comparison with Tinder before, <laughs> Tony. So I'll give you I'll give you credit there. But uh, no, I can't take. Listen, Jeff, I wish <laughs> I could take credit for it. I think it was in the Forbes article about you guys. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, oh. it's out there. I wish I could take credit. Maybe I'm just going to edit this out. I made I just made that up. No, I can't. All good, all good. good. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> You're like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Why did I agree to come on with this guy? Um, so, John, what uh, what's the best way for people to find you in New York City? I'm sure as your city grows, you're you're probably hiring, so it must might be a good way to get people to come to you as well. Absolutely, I think LinkedIn is best when it comes to business. Um, and yeah, I'm you know my philosophy is I'm always hiring because there's always good people and there's always a place for good people. Music to my ears uh, so as a food and beverage um, headhunter <laughs> for a national practice. I love the sound of that. And also, even look, I, I just I'm happy to speak with anyone, even if they're not the right fit for this, whether it's on their end or our end. Um, you know, I just think of being of service is very important and, you know, you, you build a good network when you're in this business and especially in New York city. It's great. It's a great approach. If you, if you can squeeze it in, it, it, you can't, it, it means so much to someone when they truly are in some kind of a search, when someone just takes a minute or two out just to acknowledge them. So many times they just get broomed. It, it, it means a lot. Um, gentlemen, this has been fantastic. Uh, if you're in any of these 11 cities, I recommend you guys go download the app, give it a try, check it out. I know we're going to do it. We've got um, we eat every uh, every Wednesday in the office. We have a big thing. We bring food in. All right, now, we, we my, got you covered for boom. next week. <laughs> we're going to try this thing. Absolutely, I wish I'd done it before, but you know this thing is kind of this podcast has kind of popped up. So exciting for me too we're going to get to find some awesome atlanta chefs and, and kind of try you guys out here actually tony um, i know but, you're in atlanta i think our um one of our heads of sales on the east coast is down there right now so i can have i can reach out to rodney salinas for you <laughs> excellent yeah I, we need the uh we need the introduction so we know how to get this thing started and 
Believe me, once we start eating, we'll start talking about it because that's what we do. Talking is uh, <laughs> apparently second nature for me. Um, gentlemen, honestly, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. I love meeting another food tech company on a mission, disruption, entrepreneurship, fundraising. There's just so much here. Fantastic episode. I want to just thank you both so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Tony. This is great. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it.